0: I should tell you, so that you don't waste your time, you can't make me angry.
1: Please spend an hour with him. Okay, let's go.
0: Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen and it's a show where we talk about movies and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host Travis aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 81 and the film this week was 2005's Serenity based in the Firefly universe. Joining me because he had never seen it before is Alex Albisu. How you doing Alex?
1: Oh I'm doing great man thanks. God I, I get I feel like I end up with so much shame coming on this show because everybody's like, you haven't seen what, you know, first it was die hard. And then it was, well, training day, but you know, there's that. And then serenity. And what we'll talk about today is, is my journey up to this point, certainly. But I'm happy to be here because, uh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of things on my mind about this one. Travis. So, so
0: so you had not only had you not seen serenity, you just saw firefly for the first time like a month ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, I might as well jump into my reaction of Firefly in general. Yeah. Why in the world had nobody told me that this was right up my alley? Like, why didn't anybody tell me? I blame, I blame everybody except myself. I'm not going to take credit for this. No, actually, in all honesty, I, I am quite upset at myself for not introducing myself to this universe. Uh, sooner because I found out what my thing is and it was further solidified by watching The Mandalorian. It mm-hmm. is space western. Space oh, yeah. western is my deal and I love my deal and I want more of it in all sorts of aspects of uh, of media and entertainment and um Firefly gave me all that and then some and then they didn't end up renewing it because uh, who is it? Fox NBC Fox. Was it was Fox? Fox.
0: Uh, yeah. So there's some butts, right? So terrible idea to give people kind of a baseline for the, you know, seven other people that have never heard of this before. If you're listening to this show, you're probably nerdy enough that you are into it. But firefly was a short lived TV series back in 2002, 2003, um, ran on Fox. They produced 14 episodes. This show was doomed to fail from the beginning. So 14 episodes were produced. 12 were broadcast. So they didn't even broadcast two of them. They showed them out of order. And they would show them at different times, like different time slots throughout the week. So for a couple of weeks, it'd be on Tuesday night, I think, or Thursday night. It ended up on Friday nights, and then they canceled it. So it was doomed to fail. But it had a rabid fan base. And when it came out on DVD, probably a year later... It just went like gangbusters so much so that a feature film got made there is There is no reason this movie should exist. This is a uh, a feature length uh, medium budget a thirty nine million dollar budget in two thousand and five film from Universal Pictures based off of a failed television series like it shouldn't exist, but it does, and it's amazing. Um, yeah. when you mentioned that you were watching Firefly for the first time, I got excited for you because. It reminded me of the feeling I had. So I didn't see this when it ran on air. I remember seeing promos for it, but it was always moving days. And I just, I didn't catch it. In 2004, a friend of mine had the DVD. He's like, dude, you got to watch this. Cause we were talking about sci-fi and and all sorts of stuff. I took the DVD home within a 24 hour span. I had watched all 14 episodes. I couldn't stop. And I was, I was hooked. And so when this movie came out uh, in 2005, I was there opening night. And I saw it, uh, I think, three times in the theater. Like I just, I couldn't get enough of it because you're right; it's that space western. There's something, yeah. And this isn't the first space western or even a sci-fi show with western elements. I mean, the original Star Trek series is very much a western TV show set in space. Yep, totally. But this has both aesthetics melded so well. There's so many little details they do in Firefly and Serenity. That I just absolutely love and makes this world feel real and lived in. There's yeah, costuming my, things that are just
1: oh yeah. And, and I was gonna say one of my, one of my favorite things that they did, and it's and it's very subtle, but they took, um, and I forgot the exact name of what they refer to it as in the show or in the lore of the show, but the convergence of Chinese and U.S. Um, sort mm. of cultures kind of coming together, creating one super culture and how they were able to fit in like curse words and stuff in Chinese or Mandarin yeah. and, and, you know, not be able to, you know, get, get anybody on their back for that. That was kind of clever, but the, the aesthetic of the show between that, between mixing it with some of the Western elements of the revolvers, like the reused revolvers that happened to shoot lasers and the vehicles, the buildings that looked like they were out of, something in you know the golden age of hollywood western and then you had these you know futuristic elements some some cyberpunk feels here and there i loved everything about that and that immediately drew me in but beyond that i think what drew me in was all, all the characters i think this is a really uh this is very much an ensemble cast like i knew going in that nathan fillion was a part of that alan tudyk was a part of it Uh, But I didn't quite anticipate how much I would grow to love all the other characters, especially Kaylee. Kaylee's like one of my favorites. I love Mm -hmm. her to death. Um and people like The Shepherd. I thought he was great. Oh, yeah. Um gave me a, a lot of appreciation for various types of characters that kind of fit into this Western model a bit more. So very much enjoyed the 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 series, and it breaks my heart that they didn't keep it going, man.
0: Sucks. Yeah. So I, totally I have sucks. some thoughts on that that I want to share, but I want to save those towards the end. Okay. But a few things. One, what I love about the aesthetic of this is it, some of it you know was born out of, like, cost-cutting, right, and keeping the budget of the show low. So you set stuff in these, like, frontier towns, and it lets you do a sci-fi show, but... It's an easy setting to have because all the all the moons are getting terraformed, so they're all going to be these like planes looking things, so you can have similar sets all around so it just it's less expensive to film that things like all of the weapons are standard looking or just slightly modified looking pistols, and you don't actually have really any laser blast so much they're shooting projectiles, but they sound they just tweak the sound, and so the sound is. Uh, another layer that gives you something that gives like this world a different feel. And I mentioned costuming and there's little costume tricks like in the movie here, the opening scene, you see that, uh, that doctor and he's got these like stripe pieces on his shirt that holds his tie in place. And it looks so different from, you know, Mal's jacket or the shirts that Jane wears and how they have, like they created these pop culture things that make the world feel real and three dimensional. And then you have, you know, all your characters are very archetyped characters, but they don't, they're not two-dimensional at all. And I do think that this is a movie you can watch without having seen the series and really enjoy as a good space western style of movie. However, if you watch the series, and especially if you watch the series before you see the movie... It just like, gives it so much more depth, and there's so many more layers that you find out because you have connection to all these characters. and that they And that ensemble is what drives it. Those nine people stuck on that ship are what makes it work.
1: Yeah. I think that shows that tend to do really well for me personally are some of those ensemble shows. I think of shows like um, even... Uh, some of the sitcoms out there you think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I really enjoy that show um, The Office Parks and Rec you know some some of these shows that it's not just about the single person it's about kind of a variety and that and that for me really helps with with the narrative so I agree yeah absolutely
0: and um, so you mentioned you know knowing Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion so this was sort of my introduction to them back and I saw this the the first time I watched Firefly was 2004 so Nathan Philly had been around for a little bit and I'd seen him in like, I think he did a couple episodes of Buffy and he'd been in something else. Like, so I, I sort of recognized the face, but I, I had no idea who he was at the time. So this was my introduction to him. This was my introduction to, to, um, Alan Tudyk as Wash. Um, this was, I think pretty much, uh, Summer Glau's breakout role. Uh, she'd maybe done one thing before this, but it was like a small one-off. Um, and I think when they did the show, she was only 18 and yeah. then Morena Baccarin, uh, as a Nara, this was where I found out about her. And then, you know, a few years later she's doing V and she's all over the place now doing, um, like Deadpool. Deadpool, Right. Yeah. Um, Kaylee, uh, Jewel State, I had seen in, there was something she was in on like Disney channel, I think prior to this. Oh, really? So I, I remember I'd her
1: never seen her before, oh. but I've got such a crush on her. I think she's wonderful.
0: So she did this. She went on to do, she was on Stargate Atlantis for a while too. Um, Oh, really? Okay. But I, you know, this was, so it was one of those where I'd seen her before and then I was like, oh, I recognize her. Okay, cool. I had no idea who Gina Torres was at the time, um, but she had been doing some things prior to this. So this was fairly early for a lot of people and really kind of characters that, that even to this day, people remember them for. like fans mm-hmm. of Firefly remember all these characters. There's, there were firefly conventions, I've seen photos of people getting married at like a firefly wedding. I mean, it's the, the fans of this this world are insanely rabid. Yeah, and I love that. I love that this show. And this world like created that in people because again, this is a movie that shouldn't exist, and it's because of the yep. fans that it does, and yep. and it gave them the chance to close out the story. Because really, when you when you watch everything end to end, you realize that this movie is the end of the story,
1: mm, which kind of breaks my heart a bit. But it yes, does. yes, it, it does wrap things up nicely. It felt like, um. It felt like there were times where i could see the story kind of moving along like what's river up to now all right it did uh did you know malin um oh god what, what was her name uh nara nara yeah did they end up like getting together and i, I ended up reading some of the hey what happened afterwards sort of you know mm-hmm. war and Maybe it was fan fiction. I don't know if it's actual war or not, but there were, you know, some some talks of that. So there is some closure, but I would love to see the continuation of, you know, not not even just for the sake of these characters, but just the universe in general. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I could have done without a, the, the phallic looking um, firefly vessel. It looks kind of like a wiener,
0: doesn't it? Sort of, but it's actually modeled to doesn't look it? like a firefly. That's why yeah, it's called like, a firefly class. See, I've never looked at it as being phallic at all. Really? No.
1: The first thing I thought, I was like, "Oh, that's a little on the nose." I mean, maybe that's where my head is at, but um, must be.
0: Actually, I, I wrote agree. I wrote myself a note that I love the touch of having the tiny little feet that come out when it lands.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: So, because it was yeah. it was modeled to look like a like a firefly insect.
1: Oh, okay. Um, all right. If they say so.
0: So this was written and directed by Joss Whedon. We haven't mentioned him yet. And this was his directorial debut in terms of a feature film. And his name right now stirs mixed feelings in in people uh, based on kind of news that's come out from the Justice League set and what people think about how he left uh, the MCU and all of that. I don't want to get into any of that, but I will say that I can separate what he's done from his art And this, for me, is like his best work. Um, Now, he wasn't solely responsible for the show, but he did create it. It was his idea. The writers that they had on the show were incredible and um, went on to do a whole lot of other projects that you've seen or heard of. Uh, But this was definitely um, him. And it's amazing that he got $39 million to make this movie. And then, what, seven years later, he's doing The Avengers and yep. helming Quite the biggest jump. thing i mean that's a huge huge jump but you can really see his writing and his directing style that works in this yes there's so oh, much totally. the
1: camera shots like mm-hmm. there is the uh maybe it was one of the earlier shots of river sitting in the chair and the way that the light c- came in and the the light like the um the flare you know coming off the screen flare or whatever that yeah. b- between that and like the way kind of like came in underneath and, and at an angle looking at river kind of behind the doctor and i was like oh dude it's joss whedon this looks like avengers you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i just thought that that was so it's so funny how you can see certain signature styles like you know what's a jj abrams movie yes when you get in there they all look they have that same aesthetic spielberg you know uh, the list goes on so yep. i thought that that was kind of a cool thing that I started noticing at the beginning and I immediately felt like I was kind of familiar to, and I could jump into back into this world, you know, having come off of seeing Firefly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, The lighting in this movie is unreal. Like they're actually, one of the things I've always noticed with this movie is the way the lighting sets up. There are times where Summer Glau looks like a completely different person. It's weird the way the lighting and the shadow plays off of her. Yep. So the movie opens up with like a cold open, which I thought was kind of neat how they sort of time jump through. Like they've got to set up this world, right? They've got to get the general audience, the people who've never heard of Firefly before that happen to be watching this movie. So let's give them a quick background. You know, they do sort of a, a voiceover thing talking about the alliance and the the war and all of that. Then it jumps to we get our introduction to our villain, the the operative, who this was – also, the first time I'd ever seen uh, Chuetel Ejiofor. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. I don't care. <laughs> That's as close as I'm going to get. Uh, this was the movie that introduced him to me. And immediately, like in the theater, the opening night, within the space of that opening scene, I'm like, this guy's going to be around for a while. He is good. Yeah. And then you get uh, the Whedon Wait, Flex. Was that his
1: first? movie sorry no, to interrupt was no that- he, had, he had done some stuff
0: before that that's my thought okay um but this was the f- definitely the first thing i had seen him in he had done um oh, what was the movie he did it was like four brothers i think it was a oh, little bit before that, came
1: that out before firefly okay
0: i think so yeah four okay. bro- well actually it was the same year four brothers was the same year as serenity gotcha so he had done you know if he was in love actually which I forget about all the time. Yeah. Uh, So so after that really great opening scene, just gives you everything you need to know about this character in one short scene. And it's got just great. Like it sets up the whole um, way that he fights and that nerve move that he does to, to paralyze people, all of that gets set up. Then we get a nice opening credits and the opening credits are done over a single long take, a four and a half minute long take um technically it's not a single take i can see where the cuts were but that's the film nerd in me but going again down the
1: stairs and yeah. yeah but i think but it was still so seamless yes.
0: that yep. it,
1: it still had that same effect that what was it 1912 what was the, 1917 you know that movie? 1917 yeah. that that film had uh which is spectacular but we're not here to talk about that i think that that was a great way to reintroduce people to the um, to the universe I, I do wonder though coming into it from a perspective of not having ever seen the show if people appreciated the lead up up to that point because I was very excited to see those two characters back on screen you know mm-hmm. uh, Mal and, and Wash and that was great but it must not have been the same way for a lot of other folks I could imagine
0: Right? No, I, I can imagine seeing this for the first time having no Firefly real background. What you're getting is you're just getting a, a nice introduction to all of your main characters. So you've got this single take, it's Mal, and then he gets to talk to everybody. So like if you've never seen it before, it's just, hey, here's all our characters and here's a little bit about them, and plus you get to see the whole layout of the ship. So you're getting a, a good sense of the geography of the ship as well. If, however, you're like, you having watched the series or me having watched the series, you're getting to, you're getting reintroduced to all these characters. So you have, you have a feeling of what's coming, but you still get these great moments. You know, you get Kaylee's in the engine room covered in grease and like patching everything up and trying to keep the ship floating. And, uh, you know, Jane is apparently trying to occupy wherever they're going with all the weapons he has and the grenades. And it's, Being it's a just, wiener as always. Yep. It's, uh, it, It serves two purposes and it does them so well. It introduces you to the crew and it also reminds you who they all are and and what the ship is like. Now I did think I did find it kind of neat that they had to completely rebuild the sets for the ship because all the stuff from the TV series was destroyed. This was, you know, a couple years ago. I had
1: no idea really. That's freaking awful.
0: Not only that, but the trivia has it that Nathan Fillion had the blueprints for the ship because he was so excited about from the show that he took pictures of everything in pre-production. So he was able to give them blueprints to rebuild the set with.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, that's wild, dude.
0: But I love, I love the layout of the ship and how it's set up and how you have like your, your, your bridge or your main section. And then all the living compartments are right behind that sort of in the neck of the ship. Yeah. And then yeah. you like, it's got a really interesting, it feels like a home and I love right. that about you, the firefly. You, you
1: yeah agreed and the thing that's really cool is that watching the Firefly, you know fly around or the serenity you know fly around you can get a sense for where everything is at by looking at the outside of the ship too which i think is really cool they kind of keep it's not some like amalgus like uh, crazy in, inside you know you get an idea of where everything is at on the inside and then when you kind of zoom out of the ship you're like oh yeah duh, that's kind of where they are you know, in the the crew quarters or in the kitchen or whatever. I thought that that was something that was really well done. Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's not like and, the Millennium
1: Falcon where you're like, ah, uh, but which part of the circle are they in? You know, right. I thought that I kind of like having that what, as what, a as a viewer.
0: Yeah, and what it's also really nice for is then later on when they're um, when River wakes up and she's knocking people out and going through the ship, you have a better sense of what's happening and where people are in relation to her at the time. So you <gasps> know. Hey, sure. <laughs> you never feel confused about where anyone is in the ship. Oh, is he sorry? He's just being a butt. Oh, poor boy. You go lay down. He wants You'll to talk
1: fine. about Serenity.
0: <laughs> um, but that's one of the things I really like is is having a good sense of where things are in relation to each other. It's it's good like storytelling shorthand that also um makes it easier for somebody to watch so i appreciate yeah. when i see that happen um one of the things that the movie did that i really liked because again loved the show but the movie gave us another aesthetic because we got to see some cities we got to see some some urban areas yes both right. both uh kind of border areas as well as miranda and what you know, a good sense of what sort of the central planets would have looked like had we ever been to one.
1: Right. And that was, that was a big highlight for me. I think that it reminded me a lot of Blade Runner kind of had that sort of a vibe. Yeah. Um, I was very happy to see it finally upset that there's not more obviously, because I thought that that was like, we got plenty of Western in the, in the series. Yes. We got we got plenty of those like little dusty towns, uh, miners and, you know, whorehouses and like all that sort of business that people would do back then. Right. But I think that we saw a we got a glimpse of the actual futuristic piece of it here. Uh, We got little bits of it, but I think that leaning into it here was really, really good. Um, And speaking of kind of the Western piece, it was finally it was good to see them finally kind of get away with a heist. Yeah, by the way, like when they made it off, the Reavers, by the way, are fucking freaking terrifying. Sorry, if if I can curse on this show, Um, they are that was that was completely out of left field of like what they were going to be like you know like i i didn't expect to see their faces like torn off they were basically like rabid zombies kind and when of, they yeah. came after them in that uh in that you know town where they were stealing the the stuff out of the basement that was brutal man and the fact that he you know shot the dude in the chest just to put him out of his misery so that they wouldn't he wouldn't be tortured to death you know yeah
0: Crazy well, to me, and and it was interesting because the reavers were the thing in the series that was always talked about, but you never really saw. You never saw an actual reaver. The closest you got was there was an episode where they found a ship that had been attacked, and there was one survivor, but he wasn't actually a reaver. He was just he had gone crazy. Right, right. So they and they they even mention in the movie they they call him the boogeyman or the bogeyman, and so to have them because they were really the. I mean, there's sort of three antagonists in them in the film because there's the operative, which is an extension of the parliament and the alliance, and then the Reavers themselves. The Reavers, you learn, are a little more sympathetic, but still they're they're crazy and they're definitely not, uh, you know, they're they're bad. I mean, they're evil, but they kind of weren't they were made that way. But, yeah, seeing them for the first time was frightening Yep. And I love that you never got like very, very few sustained shots of a Reaver, too, to keep it. Yes. To keep it still kind of in your mind, um, which is great. There's probably one and, slow and just, mo shot, and all it is is uh, right before the guy gets punched. So,
1: yeah. And just like uh, everything else about Firefly for me, it's like I wanted more of it, and it breaks my heart that we can't have it, but here we are. It's, uh, that was such a cool. Visual for me to finally see them, but yeah, I'm glad I got to see them. That's the way I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it with the glass half full perspective from here on out, Travis. I'm
0: That's a try. good way to look at it. Well, what what I liked was using the Reavers too for a storytelling purpose instead of just oh they're they're crazy and they're going to yes. be a problem. Yeah. Like we got a good backstory <laughs> of where the Reavers came from, which I thought was really cool and a, and a really neat way to go about it. It was a cool uh, storytelling thing to have. That was what... Because throughout the series, the Alliance is trying to get River back. So now we know why. She's got information. And then you find out what the information is. Well, yeah, Yeah. she's she's a living weapon. And that was getting... So we talked a little bit about the direction and the cinematography and the way they shot, like that fight in the bar, just... Wonderful because it's it's all medium shots. You get to see action happening. Yeah, it helps when you cast a you know a professional dancer to play your martial artist, right? Like, oh yeah, Summer Glau just She's has such this a grace. Yeah, the the grace with which she moves fits the character perfectly. When they're like, right. So I love that. I love the way they they shot action in this. The chases were tense. Um, some of the CG of like the reaver ship on the planet when they're chasing them as they're leaving that first town. Some of that CG just starting to show some age, but still perfectly fine. In my opinion, the, so. the
1: CG quality in this movie. I mean, granted it's got a movie budget was light years beyond what the TV show had. Oh, absolutely. Which I was, I was so happy to see them. And, and one of the things that I read was that they actually did slight redesigns on the serenity because of you know some of that technology now but mm-hmm. uh it was it was great the visuals were great I think for that time especially
0: oh definitely the only thing I wish we could have seen is I love the concept in the series that the capital ships from the alliance just looked like giant floating cities in space and I kind of wish we could have seen at least one of those I thought mm. that would have been kind of neat The the, That space fight, though, in the ion cloud at the end of the movie, like in the orbit around Mr. Universe's planet, that was cool. That was a really good scene, too. Like, just well put together. And, you know, that's when you finally... um,
1: Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to
0: say, that's finally when he breaks the operative, too. Like, you get the first chinks in the operative's armor. Uh because he just as Mal said, they're not gonna see this coming. And it's so no. oh that reveal is so good. There
1: were so many of them. I know. <laughs> Again, terrifying. They come in a horde of, of Reavers. Thought that was so cool. The other thing that I want to point out, and, and there are a lot of uh my followers on on Twitter too have chimed in on this. It's a show that finally got space battle right. You know, if you think about like the lack of sound, mm-hmm. um was really well depicted. And I think that that's something that's like, obviously for cinematic purposes and for drama, maybe you add explosions like star Wars spaceships, spaceship battles wouldn't be the same without hearing the death star blow up.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But on a new franchise where you have um, this ability to kind of toy with that, I thought that that was something that was really, really well done and really came across in that, space scene as well. I, I love
0: that. Well, what's great about it is like, cause you know, or at least I'm pretty certain that a lot of that, uh, aesthetic was born out of again, cost saving, right? We don't sure. we show stuff in space. We don't have any sound. It's going to cost us less to produce it. Sure. And, and it fits and it's, it was unique at the time, especially to see a show that, that depicted space and sound that way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the nice workaround they use in this is the space battle at the end doesn't actually take split, take place in deep space. So they're in an atmosphere, there's going to be sound there. So it worked there too. I just love, I love the, the overall, like all those little touches that they have. I remember when I first saw the opening of the, uh, the pilot episode, I was confused at first. I'm like, wait, did I, did I mute my TV? What happened here? And then I realized, no, there's just no sound. They're not, They're they're being realistic with that. I love it. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on just talking forever about everything that I love about this movie. We haven't even mentioned the other main character or uh, part of the cast, which was David Crum, Crumlauf. Is that his name? Uh, As Mister Universe. Crumble. Oh
1: yes, Uh, buddy, buddy the elf. By the way, from yes. Not not from Elf, but from the Santa Claus with Tim Allen.
0: Yep, he was Buddy the Immediately
1: Elf. Immediately I saw him. Like, there were all these, like, little, like, Sarah Paulson was in it, who I'll, was amazing. I'll go I even
0: further back with David Krumholtz. Her, but... uh, David Krumholtz oh, yeah? was in uh, Adam's Family Values. He oh, was, okay. If, you, if you've if you seen that, he was the little boy that uh, Wednesday has a crush on at summer camp. So, oh,
1: okay. How oh, funny. What year um, was that?
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: like 80s? It, it, that must have been a movie in the
0: 80s, uh, right? That was early 90s.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay.
0: Um, but yeah, he's Mr. Universe. Uh, a smaller role in the movie, but re- memorable. Um, and I liked the, uh, like, there was something about the way they shot the, like, what's supposed to be a video call between them, where it just yeah. looked like they just put a box over the camera frame. And would shoot that, and that's the video that yep. they're watching. I don't know why that yep. tickles me still, but I just love that.
1: Yeah, it's they did that back in the original series, you know, Star Trek. So uh, with with some of, I, I think they did that. Yeah, that, that's how mm-hmm. they would have done the same shots, right? Yeah. I just it's raw, you know. It's a little rough, um, which is cool. All of his his entire command center and the disjointed TVs and how they're not mounted quite correctly. And they're all in different angles. And I loved that setup. I thought that was cool. The sex doll in the background was a little creepy, but she kind of chimed in. It, it kind of scared me a little bit. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was like, "Oh, Oh God. Um, cool concept though. I really enjoyed watching him as well as Sarah Paulson. Yeah. When we get a little bit more backstory on who the Reavers are, how they were created and her acting there. know Sarah Paulson so she's incredible first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all when she gets closer and closer to that moment where the Reavers are breaking in and she points that gun and starts shooting and then points the gun to her head and tries to shoot herself but then she ends up getting like dismembered and eaten alive essentially. that screaming. I still like I still hear it dude because it was so convincing. It really Um, really was. The unnerve that happened up to that point. Uh, that that right there, honestly, was the most, well, pro- probably one of the most memorable parts of that movie because of her delivery on that. It also helps that Deanna and I are watching Ratchet right now. Oh, okay. um And we love her in everything that she does, but she's very good in Ratchet, And uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see her there. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, this was, um, I mean, this was 15 years ago, too. So this wasn't like... It, that's crazy to me too to think that this movie came out 15 years ago you know the this movie is old enough to be like a freshman sophomore in high school now and you're seeing it for the first time I still yeah man. I mean where were you 15 years ago that you missed out on on stuff like firefly or serenity
1: um yeah i was I was in high school
0: see so there's no reason not to yep. have seen it
1: yep same thing yeah <laughs> i w- I would have been in 2005. Deanna and I were dating for a year already. Okay. And uh, I was a junior in high school going on to my senior year.
0: Ah, nice. Um mm-hmm. oh and then there were I also like the twins, Fanty and Mingo. Uh Yan and Raphael Feldman. They're oh, only yeah. in that one scene, yeah. but that so okay. One of the things I love about the writing and the directing of this is there's little touches that give you character information. Mm-hmm. That if you're not, you, you might miss the first time, but you'll you'll catch it when you watch the movie again. Sure. So Jane and Mal go to have the meet with Fanty and Mingo. They sit down. First of all, they pay the woman to like do the whole uh, fan dance behind them as like a, a way to obscure them from the cameras, which I thought was cool. Yeah. They sit down, they pour four drinks, they all grab them and go to toast and Jane just grabs his glass and downs it without a second thought. While, and you can see like Fante and Mingo kind of look at him sideways a little bit like that's Jane right there. And it tells you so much about who Jane is in that two seconds of film yep. that it it makes sense. If you don't know the show, it, it gives you that shorthand. And now when he's questioning Mal later, you, you get the idea that like this guy just doesn't, he doesn't care about anyone else but himself.
1: Yeah, he's that type of character where he drove me crazy in the show, but not. But I didn't look at him as a waste of space whatsoever because I completely understand and appreciate how he drives the narrative mm-hmm. and how he is a necessary catalyst to the rest of the crew acting the way that they do and potentially having disagreements and how they kind of come together at the end. And he really does a good job kind of like pulling it out at the end and doing the right thing. And, uh, be a great asset to the team. So I think he's, when I first started watching the show, I was like, oh, please kill this guy. Please kill this guy. But then as, as the series went on, that season went on, I became more appreciative of him as a character.
0: Yeah. Because he's definitely like, it's a family. The, the nine people on this ship are a family and he is the, the idiot brother or the idiot cousin. That's always saying something stupid or always pissing somebody off. However, when the chips are down, he's still got your back and he's going to be yeah. helpful and useful. And yep. and it helps that Adam Baldwin, whether you like his personal uh, you know, politics or not, he's v- so good at that role. And I mean, for one, he's an intimidating presence because he's a big, just he's a tall, intimidating looking guy. So he can get that por- part of it across really, really well. But he's got a deeper voice. You can tell, like, it's just something about the way he plays Jane that works. And, yeah, I I can agree. Like, and they came close to killing him off in the show. You know, they have the whole scene where he puts him in the airlock. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And even after all of that, he still is trying to pull stuff. But. At the same time, he has there's the the scene in the movie where he tries to grab River and take her in the shuttle, right? And then she, you know, of course knocks him out and all of that. They never say anything about it. And I love that because if you've watched the show, the rest of them are just gonna be like, It's just Jane being Jane again. Yeah. Like whatever. Uh, You know, this happens every couple of months. River
1: Uh, River kicked his butt. Cool. Great. Like
0: (laughs) plus it gave us a great line from Wash. About uh, can can we talk about how a ninety pound girl knocked him out?
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. And Man, so can we go there? Can can we can we address that? Do you want to do room?
0: you want to go there first? We can go there. I mean,
1: well, let's talk about the other one first.
0: Okay. So in the series, Shepherd Book is probably the least fleshed out character. Right. I mean, you, well, one of my favorites. Oh, he's amazing, Ron Glass. <laughs> First of all, Ron Glass has a voice like glass. I mean, that his voice yeah. is just fantastic. I
1: want him to read me a story to bed, <laughs> Travis. Yes.
0: Um but the character of Shepherd Book is so interesting because at the start of the show, he's just a shepherd, and you keep getting these little breadcrumbs of, "Ooh, who is this guy? What does he know?" And we we get a little bit more of that here. Now, I don't think it's a, a much of a stretch, and I'm sure there's been plenty of articles written about it. But um, you know, my theory is that he was an operative.
1: Yes, that that's my thought too, and, or some high ranking official uh, of that you know yeah, breed, right? Yeah,
0: and somehow has you know, obviously he left, and who knows what his name was, but he changed it. You know, my my theory is that he changed it to book. He that's when he became the shepherd that he is. Yeah, he in this movie. While he's not in it that much, and I think, I don't know this for certain, but I think Ron Glass was having some health problems. Because if you look at him in this movie compared to in the show, he looks thinner, right? He looks a little different. Yeah. Like he aged a lot. It wasn't just the
1: hair. His his hair was legit. I love it. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, But he gets, while he's not in this movie very much, he has such a profound role because he's Mal's. Conscience. He's Mal's confidant. And he has one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is when he tells Mal, you need to believe. And Mal's like, I don't want to, you know, he, he starts to, to get all uppity about it. He's like, why is it whenever I say belief, you automatically think I'm talking about God. And I love that because that is, he knows what the operative is as a man of belief. Yeah. And he realizes that that belief is in whatever you want it to be but you need to have that belief in order to get through what's coming. He, and that he, he just knows that. And I love that line because it just, it it shows, it shows you so much about this one character and what he can impart to Mal. If Mal will just listen to him.
1: One, like one of the most stubborn people on that show, Mm -hmm. certainly the most stubborn person, probably. Oh yeah. And at, you know, uh, well, we'll just say it. He dies. And when that happens, um, First of all, I was freaking heartbroken because I was like, "How could it get worse than this?" And we'll get to that. But before that, um, that moment between him and Mal, where he touches him with like his bloody, you know, hand, and you know, you you hear him talk about belief and that what you just talked about, I think that really solidified it. And at that moment, you watch Mal's character completely transform, which I thought that was really really neat. Yes, uh, They did a really good job kind of imparting that it was almost like a passing of the torch of wisdom, you know, having that Merlin sort of person now transferring that maturity and knowledge and wisdom to Mal, which was cool. It was almost like there was almost like a, a passing of the torch throughout that entire movie, including like River kind of taking up more of a prominent piece yeah. of that torch. Um but that was a cool that was a cool moment for me. Even though he died, like that broke my heart because again, he's one of my favorite characters. I wanted to know more, in the form of uh, the TV show, uh, you know. But here we are.
0: Yeah, here we are. I mean, and oddly normal one saying in the chat, they did go into his backstory in some comics, so I might have to search those out because I actually have not read any of the the Firefly. Comics. Nah,
1: me neither. I, I I'd be up for it if
0: uh, totally if it's worth it. So. Um, but yeah, it, it was passing the torch is a good way to do it. And that was the book dying in Mal's arms was the catalyst that Mal needed to find the belief. And his belief was in, in truth, right? Like he needs truth needs to be told to the people. And that was that catalyst that he needed. So Joss Whedon does such a good job of taking a character. First of all, Joss Whedon is one of those writers where no character is ever safe. Yeah. Um, but he uses obviously. he uses it so well, so book, I think had the series continued, we obviously would have gotten more and more out of book, but I think book is book was the last thing keeping Mal from going that next step. Like he always knew he could kind of come to book, and once that was gone, that was what he needed to push him just that little bit further yeah
1: he became a catalyst it was that was the catalyst for his own personal growth and development which i thought was incredibly cool to see him evolve as a leader um i i don't know like how do we segue into the to the other thing should i just say it should we just go there
0: so i feel wash. like
1: I, I feel like i need to it, it because th- this is this is where i have my thoughts okay <laughs> This is where the movie lost
0: me. Oh, just wait, because I, I have some stuff that's probably going to make your head blow up. So go ahead, tell me your thoughts on Wash first.
1: I didn't like it. I didn't <laughs> like that he died. I didn't like it. I didn't I either. I felt like it, I. It, I felt like it was rushed. They didn't pay homage to the character and what he meant until like the very, very end. But like that moment came and I was like, "What?" I. I almost flipped the table. I was that's where the movie lost me not to say that I hated the movie or anything I but it dropped a peg for me from that Um, I don't know maybe it's just because I love Alan Tudyk and maybe it's that but I I really do feel like there was something missed out as a character to just kind of poof that said this happens a lot in certain media Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones a uh, great example of this, like Ned yeah. Stark. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, when that happened, uh, spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, so that honestly, and I tweeted, it. I was like, I hate this movie. And <laughs> uh, or something to that. I, I was
0: watching your live tweet stream as you as you were watching it. When you I just, when you mentioned I'm, book oh, and man. you were ready to flip a table and I, and all I could think was, oh, oh, bud, you got like in, yeah. in 10 minutes and right on cue. But the thing with it... Okay, so first of all, like I said, with Joss Whedon, no characters are safe.
1: Can't screw this movie is what I said.
0: Yeah. So no characters are safe. But what he did was he gives... Wash's death gives the movie real stakes. I don't like it because I loved the character of Wash. Like throughout the series, he's my favorite character, hands down. just Because he's... The same, just like we talked about with Jane being kind of the idiot cousin or the idiot brother that says something stupid, Wash is the the one who's kind of always trying to keep the peace. But the same thing, when the chips are down, he's got your back. He can get things right. done. Making, what it does is it makes you realize that these characters are real, this world is real, and anything can happen to anybody at any time. And on top of that, his death comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to process it. You don't have time to grieve for Wash before right. the story's got to move on. From a personal standpoint, I hate that because I want that time to breathe. I want that time to to remember and to grieve for this character. But the more times I've watched this movie, the more I appreciate it as a storytelling technique to yep. take something from you like that, punch you in the gut super hard, and you don't have time to recover. you got to move on and keep going. Yeah. And
1: I and by the way, I totally agree with that. And I think that what that movie put me through and from an emotional perspective is absolutely worth it and warranted, but I still hate it. So I hate it so much, I, I have two but, more but things. that's, but again, that's my heart coming out. Oh yeah. Not, not my brain thinking like good <laughs> narrative choice, right?
0: Yeah. It's no just, that, So, okay. First opening night in the movie theater, I see this movie now opening night for a movie like this is going to be like the crowd to see it with. Right. Cause they're there because yeah, sure. they know the movie. They're, they're fans. They're invested in it. I have up until that point in my life. And since then in the last 15 years, never had an experience like I did in that moment, there was a collective gasp in the theater that changed the barometric pressure in the room. Like all the air got sucked out of the room. I've never heard a theater that quiet oh. that quickly. So that, that, like, that feeling will never go away from me. I, I just it's, yeah. it's something unique. The other thing yeah. is, and here's the thing that might blow your mind, Joss Whedon called his shot. He told us a few minutes earlier in the movie that Wash was going to die. You're looking at me right now like I'm crazy. Let when? me explain. So... They're on Miranda, and there is a shot where the camera is panning around River, right? As she's having a little mini breakdown. As the camera pans around, Jane steps forward. He says a couple of things. The camera's right. panning around him. The last thing Jane says is they all died for no reason, and the camera stops on Wash. Watch ah. the movie again. Because when ah. I went... so opening night, I Damn saw the movie. Awesome. The next night, I went back and saw the movie a second time, and I noticed that in the theater, and I think my my actual reaction to the theater was, oh, come on! Like, seriously? You called your shot? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So when you watch it again, watch for that, because it's pretty crazy.
1: That is nuts! I did not know that.
0: Yeah, he literally said, basically says, this character is going to die for no reason, and then five ten minutes later he dies for no reason out of nowhere
1: god that makes me mad (laughs) like cool but
0: like just a big old middle finger from joss whedon to everybody
1: i wanted to i wanted to like i wanted to believe that they were like oh just pull him out of the harpoon that impaled them sure but like spray some future stuff on his chest and make him come back to life you know
0: well and on top of that like it, it it also gave zoe something right because yeah. you, get, you see Zoe switch to um, soldier mode. Yeah, and she goes into straight soldier mode because she doesn't know how to deal with that loss. The only way she yeah. knows how is to do what she did there. And at oh, that by point, the way,
1: uh, on that note, here's another gripe of mine as the movie started to kind of come to a close and I was finding little things to nitpick because <laughs> I saw Wash died. Why didn't they just sick River on the frickin' Reavers in the first place? You see how she like m- made like mincemeat out of them.
0: Are you talking They're, in that in within that scene?
1: That scene, she wrecked them. She yes, was covered she in blood. She didn't get cut.
0: So yeah, well, she was having a breakdown at the beginning of it, so she didn't know what.
1: Yeah, like, out. but she got you know stabbed in the uh uh you know Zoe got stabbed in the back. Um. The doctor got shot, you know, freaking just if there's if there's a problem, tell the doctor to go freaking take an Ambien and like sit in the corner for a second and chill out. Send River after him. River will kill him.
0: It's fine. So that moment where Simon gets shot, by the way, in the theater, the first time I saw it, my thought was they're all nobody's making it out of this
1: movie. I said the same thing. Yeah,
0: because you've got like the only person that hadn't taken any damage at that point was Anara and and river but rivers yeah. you know huddled in the corner and having a freak out and she can't really do anything it, it takes that moment for her to like snap into place and, and decide that she's going to do something Good um, point. but yeah it's it's I literally know, like, at, also,
1: i don't agree with that because she also just snapped out of nowhere and just started beating the crap out of everybody in a bar
0: you right but I mean? that was triggered the bar thing was triggered
1: Okay. Oh, fair, fair, fair. She watched the thing and the yeah. subliminal message. The
0: subliminal message right, right, right. triggered her there, and then in here because they even say um, she's got a weapon at one point, and then she starts to have her breakdown, and Jane goes over and takes it from her. And it's like she picked a fine time to go nuts. So right, right. It was. It wasn't until Simon is down and she feels she realizes she might lose him that it clicked into place for her, and then she just goes full on Joss right. Whedon Supergirl, and. Has that great hero shot too where the door opens back up as she's standing there amongst the bodies.
1: Sword in one hand, axe in the other, covered in blood, dripping blood everywhere. God, it was so good. I I loved watching her character blossom as um just somebody that exuded zero confidence, like you like you said in the show, like that she had that one moment where she picked up a pistol and just, you know, like kind of did some work. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, you saw her really open up, and I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, I and mean, that's what I mean by like kind of the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. Mal, for for what it's worth, was kind of that figure, the person that always kind of came out on the other end, kicking and butt, and then now it's River. Now, kind of Mal is the is the sensei in some cases, and that was really evident in how they took off in the ship at the end. Oh yeah, when he was sitting there and uh you know he was telling he was going to tell her a thing and then she said i like hearing it when you say it mm-hmm. you know and yeah. then he was able to kind of say it and th- there was like a little teaching moment between the two and i think that that was kind of a cool little passing of the torch piece that was uh that that really highlighted at the end like okay things are going to be okay i'm still not happy with what happened but i i also really want to see where these characters are now i want to see where River has potentially turned into, and and I get it. There's comics. Everybody in the chat's like, you know, yeah, comics. Mm -hmm. Read them. I get it. I want to see it in a, you know,
0: yeah, I want to see it played out. I want want these actors to continue doing it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a big piece of it, right? Like, I love every single actor in the role that they're playing. Mm -hmm. Their delivery of those roles is great. Yeah, do that. We want it. Like, somebody pick it up. (laughs) There have been too many memes about this. Like, somebody. Was like, oh, Fox is gonna start doing it again. Here, click this link, and then we get rickrolled. Stop yeah, doing that. I I, my heart can't take it anymore. So just keep, you know,
0: let's do it. So uh, again, yeah. I have I have a thought on that, but I want to save it for just one more minute, Um because I do want to talk about Mal and his fight with the operative. Because holy crap, can oh, Mal so take good. a beating? Like
1: right, he's geez. a tough sob.
0: And that's and that's Mal though. That's the thing. He's the. His, his characteristic is that he never gives up and no matter how outmatched he is, and he's clearly yeah. outmatched. Um, But I love that. And then talk about some brutal fighting tactics because you get this sense of like the operative is a lot more like River where he's a very smooth fighter and Mal is a brawler. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so when Mal finally gets him, like literally grabs him and dislocates both shoulders.
1: Oh uh, God, that like, was brutal. I, I was cringe like, every time I, I, I see just- that. Totally new level of respect for Mal. Like, I knew that he (laughs) could fight. Like, he always kind of in the show, by the way, some of the fighting scenes were like a little hokey. It kind of reminded me of like Star Trek TOS where it was like, Kerpow, Kerpunch. And then in this, uh, there was, it looked like they were really kind of exchanging blows. That moment for me, though, was like a little like, (laughs) whoo, like that was gross. And he just tied him, you know, used his own sword, tied him to the thing. Let him watch out that video. Yeah. Like he, he, he had no intention
0: of ever harming him beyond that. He just wanted to incapacitate him enough so he can show him what, you know, his truth was
1: really happening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I love that. All right. So oddly normal one brings up in the chat. Did we talk about the Albatross line? Um, no, we didn't, but I love that. That little bit where, you know, the, uh, the operative calls river and Albatross and, and Mal's like, oh, you know, Albatross was the ship's good luck until some fool killed it. And just (laughs) then in, in classic Mal fashion, yes, I've read a poem. Try not to faint. (laughs) And that's another thing with this movie. It's like laugh out loud. Funny. There's some great zingers and one liners in it. All right. So I'll talk about it now. So you, you've brought up a few times. We want to see more of this story. We want to see more of these characters. I do. I do, but I also don't. And here is why the show ran for 14 episodes. We got one movie. We've basically got a well put together story. I want more of it, but the fear would be that it's never going to live up to the expectations that we all have for what it could be. Even if you brought back everyone involved, there's just no way they can meet those expectations. And it's sort of, this happens occasionally with uh with popular culture with music with with movies with uh tv series less can be more and i want to see more of it because i just i love the character so much but the fear is that it's at some point it's going to deteriorate and it's going to go downhill uh we've yeah. seen shows come back 24 came back x files came back they're never as good as the original sure and that would be my only worry about it. so it's like, yes, but also no. I want more of it, but I don't want I don't want to ruin what is already there. And while I don't think it would ruin it, I just think what we have is so good. I can't like even shows that didn't run for very long but got a cult following. Can you think of a show that where there isn't a bad episode of a series? like even your where f- there like,
1: like where there isn't one single bad episode. Either in a previous life of the series or the new one,
0: just in general. I mean, every general, series Rick has. Okay, I haven't seen I that, so I can't. I can't talk to it. Every
1: single. Ep- I've, I'm like on my fifth watch
0: through. Um, because even something no, here, like even something, something for me that like that, um, Psych that like I it. I love Psych so much. There are still mm-hmm. episodes of Psych that are like eh, you know this one's not very good. Like I can. Maybe skip that. There isn't a single episode of Firefly. Now there's only 14 of them, but they're 14 for 14 in terms of like good watchable episodes.
1: But still, I think that there's um, there's so much more to explore in that world and where and actually Ace Tigress in the chat said it too. like Doctor Who's a really good example of a show that ended, came back and still crushing it right like true it's a really good
0: job. true but there wow, are there are plenty be... of bad episodes of doctor who as well and uh, no there's agreed. there's agreed. dissension I mean, there's... over whether or not it's still good or, or anything but yeah, that is that is an example if nothing else that's the exception that kind of proves the rule right like of all the yeah. shows that have gone away and tried to reboot uh doctor who is one that was able to do it successfully for sure
1: yeah um but i think that even if it's not focused on mal and the rest of the i just want more of the universe and maybe i'm gonna get that sort of feel in something like a mandalorian or or something i i don't know but all i know is that i need more space western in my life (laughs) please give me more space western hollywood okay please do that yes that'd be great
0: yeah um You know, I agree with you, and I want more in the world, if nothing else. It doesn't have to follow this crew, even though, man, I love the crew so much. But that world is so interesting to me. And like I mentioned earlier, I just love the little touches that make it feel like a fully lived-in world. Instead of One of my problems sometimes with Star Trek, especially original series, is it always felt... There were times where it just felt like a show. And the world felt like it was being written at the time, whereas this feels like a world that people actually live in. Um, yep. So this was one of the first times I could think of a show having their own pop culture, their own, like there were t-shirts you could buy back in, uh, back in the day that were like Jane's, you know, logo t-shirts like what I wear, but stuff that was Firefly universe related. So I just, yeah. Oh, cowboy Bebop, yeah. That's a good choice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if if anything, give us more in the world. It doesn't have to be the same crew, but man, or just... Or do
1: it in, you know, do it in 10 years. Hear me out. Everybody calm down. When you hear me saying 10 years, I know you want it now. <laughs> but do it in 10 years, okay? Mal's a father, and he's got some 20-something-year-old young buck who's trying to start or our daughter, you know, some kind of uh, situation there where they take over the Serenity. And then suddenly, River is some you know she's a little older now and she's a bit of a badass obviously and she's a little more stable up there because she's had some time to figure it out like revisit it when some extra stuff has happened maybe maybe i don't know that's kind of a cool thought though that uh i started to think more about similar to how like and everybody has an opinion about star wars i'm fine with it so i'm just going to use it okay save your emails you're when you think about like all the time that passed between uh, return of the jedi and you know force awakens mm-hmm. stuff happened and you re-entered this world and it's very familiar but you know the millennium falcon came up and then you know han solo walked in it again and you had that feel when that happened that can something very similar could be done in this universe, not verbatim of what I just said, but you know, something similar. Yeah. And I, and I think that that would be very meaningful to this audience.
0: I think so too. And I agree with oddly normal one. I think a a mini series type thing is the way to go with it. If you're going to bring it back, don't stretch it out too much. Start there. You can always do more of those. Um, in your kind of, Hey, this takes place 20 years in the future or whatever, 10 years in the future are, uh, did Mal and Anara get together? What yes. What do you think? You think so? Yes. Because there's always the only that reason on again I say off that, again.
1: The only reason I say that is that I read a thing and they were like, yeah, they got together and they lived happily ever after. And so I said, yes, finally, I can believe that. That's great. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, because that was let, always have the babies, thing.
1: Many babies. And let us, uh, let's see. Oh, and, and also uh, Zoe had a child and it happened to be washes, you know, like had died but uh, a, a son i think is something i read i don't know if any of that's true guys i don't know that sounds that sounds good to me i like got... I, I like a world where, where that happens
0: kaylee so and simon get together they have a couple of kids so they got auntie river
1: yes yes Aunt, auntie river is uh very excited to be an auntie but she also knows what their future is going to be like and she constantly Tells them don't be drinking in high school, kids, and she's that type of aunt. That's what I like to think. I think she becomes a little bit more paranoid.
0: That could be. Maybe. Um, so I'm not gonna play a lot of clips from the movie, but they're like this movie is just clip haven. There's so many good lines in here. However, I have to play two. One of them was Jane when they're on the back of the when they're getting chased by the Reavers at the beginning of it. He wanted the grenades yep. and they don't have them. And yep. Suddenly, you know, he he just looks at Mao. Oh, sure
1: would be nice if we had some grenades, don't you think?
0: Yeah, that's one of those. There's a lot of movie or a lot of lines from this that I quote. Um, but then there was there's one other one I really wanted to play. And this was so the introduction of Anara into the story where she she sends a wave or and we didn't even really talk about kind of the language in this movie and how and it's not a call, it's a wave and they they uh, have their, you mentioned, you did mention using Mandarin for some swearing and, and things uh-huh. like that. Or uh, go ram it was a, is a famous, famous one from it. I was like that. But I love the scene. She calls her and Mal are talking and then it cuts to the four of them sitting there watching in on it and eavesdropping. Uh-huh. And then Mal comes up and he's like, so I take it you guys were watching. And I just love, I love this exchange. Yeah, we're watching. I take it yes do you see a spy no <laughs> so i cheated on that one a little bit the blooper reel for this that's that's from that and if you get a chance to watch it watch it because you can tell how much fun they were having making this yeah nice that one that's probably my favorite of the blooper reel though it's just him screaming that and then walking off you know walking out of the scene <laughs> but yeah I look this this movie, the series, if you haven't watched it before, first of all, while you're listening to us, go watch it, then come back and listen. I know at least one person that said they were going to watch the the series and the movie before listening to this episode. So, um,
1: Okay, do it.
0: But definitely, if you haven't watched it for a while, watch it again, because it's still good. It still holds yeah, up.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, was I was getting
0: choked up watching the movie last night.
1: Yeah, I really... Thought the graphics and stuff still to this day, it's not the same quality, but it still definitely holds up.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. But you know, fifteen years on, and I can't tell you how many I've seen this movie. I bet you I've seen it over twenty times. Like I just love this oh, really? movie that Jeez. much. I it's it's a comfort food movie for me. Like it's the type of thing. And the series. So when there were some friends of mine and I used to just watch the series randomly when I had uh, a couple of roommates when I was living in Florida and it would just be, we'd grab a random disc and throw in a random episode and then try to figure out how quickly we could determine the title of the episode from the opening, you know, minute or so because nice. We'd watch them that many times. Yeah. So
1: I ended up streaming all of it on Hulu for the people who are listening. If you have not watched it and you're listening up to this point, go check out the series on Hulu But I went ahead and bought it on digital because it was like five bucks. And like, yeah, I'll own that because I love Firefly. I will likely go and buy the DVD. Not not like a DVD set physically, but I'll probably buy the digital season or whatever, because it really is one of my favorite things that I've seen on TV.
0: Yeah. And it's so rewatchable, too. I mean, you can watch it over and over and it's just it's great. Also, maybe some of
1: that money will help ins- incentivize them to yeah listen. maybe i mean that's that's literally oh, how the hours. movie got made
0: it was dvd sales that yes. got the movie made do it um also movement. if if you like discussions or breakdowns of this movie movies with mikey he does he did uh this a few years ago now it's fantastic so go check that out it's about 20 minutes long and it's worth every minute um mm-hmm. But yeah, so thank you, Alex, for coming on this week. I'm really glad you finally got to watch Firefly. Had I known uh, when I met you that you hadn't seen it, I'd have pushed you to watch it already. I just assume everyone has at this point. It was
1: it was a great pleasure to watch this movie. Uh, it was just a natural tendency for me to want to watch it just after finishing Firefly uh still beating myself up over it i'm getting a lot of heat on social media about it i get it folks i haven't seen it and it's been like you know 15 years or whatever here we are i've seen it it's good we're good we're good right yeah we're good all right good thank you thank
0: you absolutely um thank you for having me and once again alex thanks for being on so where can people find what you work on every
1: Sure. You can head over to incastmedianetwork.com to see all the the shows and the content that I put together. I have a uh, a parenting show called The Dad Chronicle, which comes out uh, generally weekly. It's been a little bit off uh, lately, but I also do a weekly uh, video game show live here on Twitch. It's called Joystick and Mouse. You can catch us live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, joystickandmouse.com to subscribe to that. I'm also streaming live here on Twitch. So if you are watching live in the audience, head over to twitch.tv slash Alex Albisu. Watch me play a variety of games, stream podcasts, and also coming up here throughout the rest of this month, we're going to be playing a lot of scary games with scary alerts. So that's going to be great. A lot of people have scared the poop out of me, and it's been, I regret nothing. It's (laughs) fine.
0: The scary alerts are awesome.
1: I love those. It's great. So, yeah, follow me on uh, social media at Alex Albisu. I'm at Alex Albisu everywhere. A-L-B-I-S-U is how you spell my last name.
0: Excellent. So this show comes out every uh, every Wednesday, uh, but we record Sunday nights right here. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. If you want to join, uh, be like Phelan and Locutus and a Wicked Kitten and Oddly Normal One. Uh, Varon, join the chat, Ace, and uh, yell at us while we're doing this that... Uh, You'll fight me over not liking certain episodes of Doctor Who. That's fine, Ace. You can be wrong. It's okay. Um, but uh, yeah. And next week, um, some something odd it might be happening. I'm not. I'm not really entirely sure what I'm getting myself into. But apparently, I am watching the movie Chopping Mall for the first time. Uh,
1: did you say shopping or chopping?
0: Chopping mall. Ch- uh, chopping. Okay. Yeah, we are beginning uh, October, and it's going to be scary movies. Uh, but one, uh, one Wicked Kitten is coming on, and she's making me watch Chopping Mall. So Okay. Watch out I for that
1: Wicked Kitten. She's a, she, she has a weird taste in movies there. She
0: is. Her and Phelan uh, are going to join me, and we're going to talk about it. I've never seen it before. They both won't, won't shut up about it, so we're going to go for it. Um, also, if you're watching live right now, uh, you can see in the video um, a sticker and I've still got, I don't know if that's backwards or not. I can't tell. It uh, might be, but I've got these yep. stickers. That's and nice. if you want one, you have to get a hold of me on Twitter. Send me your address and I'll mail you one. I've got got—I've still got some left. So get me an address. I can get you stickers. Some of those have already gone out in the mail. So for those of you that I've already talked to, you should be getting them this week. Um, and yeah, next week, Chopping Mall. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm getting into, so pray for me.
1: I'll be thinking of you. Please do. And not watching that movie.
0: I, I guess it's uh, well, I think it's on Prime, so. Oh okay. You know, if you wanna, you wanna check it out. Um, and then we've got some more fun stuff coming up through the rest of October, but uh, we'll wait on that. I'll put that out slowly. So. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh. As I like to say every week, you know you got to get out and enjoy your movies. Alex, once again, thank you. Thank you for being on. And be excellent to each other because this has been Wait You Haven't Seen. Go watch Serenity. Thanks, everybody. problem with our entry sequence so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>